Thanks for tuning in to Start With Scripture, a Hesed Heart podcast. I'm your host, Audrey Grove, here to bring you scripture reading and application that can fit into your morning routine and your busy schedule. Learn more at hesedheart.com. morning, my friends, and happy Tuesday. Yesterday we saw Paul starting this beautiful speech in a synagogue, and we saw those principles of pointing to Jesus, embracing the word, speaking to your audience. Well, today, this same speech continues, and we're going to see how Paul wraps it up and points not only to Jesus, but he gives a clear call to action about faith in Christ and faith leading to salvation for everyone. So let's get started today. We are in Acts chapter 13 verse 26 and I am reading from the ESV. Brothers, sons of the family of Abraham and those among you who fear God, to us has been sent the message of this salvation. For those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not recognize him, speaking in this case of Jesus, nor understand the utterances of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, fulfilled them by condemning him. And though they found in him no guilt worthy of death, they asked Pilate to have him executed. And when they had carried out all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. So Paul here sharing the things that the disciples witnessed, sharing that Jesus, although he was prophesied about this coming Messiah, that he was not recognized. Thinking back to Isaiah 53, it says he was oppressed and he was afflicted Yet he opened not his mouth, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. And these chief priests, they inflicted all of these wounds. They made true every prophecy throughout the Old Testament by their actions. God foreknew, he foresaw that this would happen. And Paul is explaining that, saying Jesus was innocent, and yet they asked Pilate to have him executed. And when they had carried out all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he appeared to those who had come up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses to the people. Now today, this is something we have heard so often, but just place yourself in the shoes of these Jews, hearing someone claim that a man rose from the dead hearing someone claim that the long-promised Messiah was this Jesus. Something new, something almost unbelievable. 
And Paul here is sharing it, and he goes on. And we bring you the good news, that what God promised to the fathers, this he has fulfilled to us, their children, by raising Jesus. What is he saying here? As it was promised to the fathers. Well, if you remember yesterday, he talked about that promise to David that there would be someone from his lineage who would have a kingdom that lasts forever. God fulfilled the promised Messiah in Jesus. As also it is written in the second Psalm, you are my son, today I have begotten you. And as for the fact that he raised him from the dead, no more to return to corruption, he has spoken in this way. I will give you the holy and sure blessings of David. Therefore, he also says in another psalm, You will not let your Holy One see corruption. For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid with his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up did not see corruption. So Paul here, using the psalms, as scriptural backup, scriptural basis for what he is sharing. Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you, and by him everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. Now, if what he was saying before was unbelievable, this here is shocking. Saying you could not be freed under the law of Moses. Ultimately, the law of Moses keeping this ceremonial cleanliness, sacrificing animals, that does not justify you. That does not save you and clean you in God's eyes. You are not freed from everything, from sin, death, and the devil. Instead, he says, through this man, through Jesus, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And by him, everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, lest what is said in the prophets should come about. Look, you scoffers, be astounded and perish, for I am doing a work in your days, a work that you will not believe even if one tells you. And this warning that comes straight from Scripture, from Habakkuk 1.5, this is how Paul leaves. He took time to share the word of God, to draw these connections back to the Old Testament, to speak the truth about who Jesus is, about the salvation that comes in his name, and now he warns them bluntly, straightforwardly, don't scoff at this. Many of you will not believe, even though someone tells you, and I'm trying to warn you that that could happen to you. 
As they went out, the people begged that these things might be told them the next Sabbath. So people are asking him to come back to share more about this Jesus. So tomorrow we are going to see what happens when Paul and his companions do come back and they share more in depth about this truth of salvation. Remember that through Jesus, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you and by him, everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. You, in faith in Christ, are free, my friends. Free from death. Free and protected from the devil. He truly cannot harm you, although he may impact you in your life. Free from sin, because even though sin happens every day, we mess up, we fall short, you are justified, you are cleansed, you are saved once and for all by Jesus' death on the cross. He paid for it, my friends. So step out into that freedom and I'll see you tomorrow morning. Speaking of the freedom we have in Christ, I think a big part of that is making choices ourselves based on the convictions that we uniquely have from the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not talking about salvational issues, but when it comes to other things, Christian yoga, for example, we have freedom. So if you want to dive deeper into this kind of topic of Christian freedom and Christian yoga, whether or not that is biblical, whether or not it's a good fit for you, I'd invite you to join me for my upcoming free Exploring Christian Yoga workshop. You can sign up through the link I will put in the description, and I would love to see you there.